We're glad you could join us today or tomorrow. This is Jim Lowenstern, and the show is Broker Talk, and I'm here broadcasting the show today. Hi, from the top of the Castles Unlimited Space Needle in Boston, Massachusetts, with my co-host, Larry Lawfer. How are you doing today, Larry? I am doing excellent, Jim. Uh, it's a good day for real estate, right? It always is a good day for real estate. So what are we doing today? Well, uh, today we're lucky to have Ashley Harwood with us, and she is going to help us uh, or help any of you introvert agents out there. I know you're out there. I happen to be one of them myself. So if you've ever gotten into a listing presentation, not known what to say or who to call, you hate cold calls, you don't want to do door knocking, think Ashley's someone you want to talk to. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, Ashley, can you tell me, we met a number of years ago at a bold event for Keller Williams, and now here you are a coach. I know you've been a successful agent for a good number of years. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your program. Sure. So, I'm still currently in production, um, transitioning out this year, and I'm going to be moving into coaching and training full-time. So, I do a little bit of individual coaching. I also am running workshops and teaching live classes in real estate offices around the country. So explain the uh, introvert uh, agent side of this. Yeah, so my coach helped me develop this and the idea came from, um, it seems like a lot of real estate training out there is similar um, and it's more geared for extroverts. It's a lot of you know, cold calling and and getting out there, which has its place. Um, There just aren't a lot of other alternatives. So what I'm providing is an alternative way of going about business that is for some people, for introverts, it can be more sustainable. I have always had the feeling uh, that people don't want to be sold. They don't want to be sold something. They want a reason to buy. And um, how does that fit into your, uh, the way that you think about it? Yeah, that's a good question. So people don't want to be sold to. And for a lot of people, especially introverts, we don't want to be selling anything. So rather than thinking about real estate as sales, I encourage my clients to think about it as helping people and coming from contribution. And really, you know, we're not out here trying to convince anyone to move or here as resources if and when folks want to move. I have been to a lot of different coaches. You, the Tom Ter- uh, Ferry's, uh, Tom and Mike Ferry, uh, Jared. Uh, are you following the MAPS coaching uh, approach? To some extent, a little bit, yes. Okay, so you're only going to be coaching Keller Williams agents. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I misunderstood your question. So I'm, I based my model off of their model a little bit in the structure and the pricing. Um, but this is for all real estate agents, all companies, and it's not affiliated with any company. Okay, so that's a, that's a good question. So you have all this competition, and they have uh, their networks, and they've got their boot camps, and they're all, there's, there's a million of them now. Now you're going into the same business uh, are you doing it with the the same kind of pricing structure, or your what, what's your business model? Why are you different? Why should someone go to 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 your seminar? Sure. So it's a similar pricing structure, and the difference is 
I'm really talking to the introverts in the room. And so it's not going to be a fit for everyone. Um, and that makes it special and unique because... How does someone know they're an introvert? Good question. So how you know you're an introvert? It doesn't mean that you're shy or quiet necessarily. It means that you get your energy from being by yourself. That's how your energy is replenished versus extroverts who their energy is replenished by being around other people. That's really the only difference. Hmm. I, I, I don't, based on that, I don't even know what I am. So when How would I find out? When you're totally exhausted. <laughs> well, so I'm, I have a quiz in the works. It's not ready yet, but that'll be on my website, uh, moveovereextroverts.com. So maybe by the time this air, probably it won't be by the time this airs, but soon. It's going to air in about 10 quiz. minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, it's it right after we finish the oh, show. Cool. All right. Well, at some point, we'll keep an eye out for the quiz. Um, so something you can ask yourself to figure out if you're an introvert or not is when you're totally exhausted, like at the end of a long day, what appeals more? Going to a party and being around other people or climbing in bed by yourself with a book? That's kind of an easy litmus test. And, and everyone can decide every day whether they're an introvert or not. Because some days I'd probably want to go to the party. Some days I'd probably just want to go to sleep. Yeah, and it's not as black and white as I'm making it sound. It's, you know, we're humans and we're very nuanced. So um, there's a really good book called Quiet by Susan Cain. I'd recommend reading that for a lot more details. That was the book that helped me realize I am an introvert. Hmm. That's a good I one. knew you were an introvert when I met you, though. Did you? So that's interesting. How could you tell? Because you were quiet. You know, we were at the same uh, bold program, and uh, you know there was like three hundred people there, um, and everybody sat at tables. I think the tables were eight or ten mm -hmm. to a person, and you were you were quiet. I mean, you were a part of the leadership within your group, but you weren't extroverted. You weren't uh, asking people to pay attention to you like quite often many agents do. Yeah, that's, that's a really good example. Um, I think what you probably were noticing is me in that room having my energy zapped by being around that many people. And for the people listening who haven't gone through this program, it's great and it's, it can be a lot. It's terrifying. <laughs> so how does an introvert learn how to have extroverts as customers? Um, so it's kind of similar to the desk profile, although you don't really, you kind of just have to match their, you have to mirror and match your clients. And then the important piece is knowing that you're going to be expending a certain amount of energy with your client and then baking in resting time into your schedule afterwards. So um, Ashley just mentions the DISC profile, and that is a test that determines uh, what your propensities are. So a high D person is somebody who goes into the room and they, they act like the boss. Uh, I happen to be high I. That is an introverted uh, individual type of person, and that's someone who generally leads by example. They're quiet, uh, but they have all of the information. And then there's C is compliant. Uh, I'm getting all this right, am I? Aren't I? Yeah, for the most part. I'm a very high C. High C. I, I love some Excel spreadsheets. 
So the other aspect of a high C person is that you would want this person to help you in your work. They have in this DISC profile, they are the people that take your issues on and help you with those issues. So I think that's a, that's a perfect DISC profile to have for this job. I think so too. Thank you. Uh, did you have any other questions? I I I don't. I, I other than um, if a broker was starting out, is this a program for them or is it more for a veteran? It's great for everyone, especially newer agents, because it's important to build those good habits from the start. So in my classes and workshops, we talk about energy management. We talk about your calendar lead gen, all the things that if you're starting off in the business, those are really key things to get right from the beginning. Do you think that brokers could just go to, say, the GRI training and, and get almost the same information? No, I don't think anyone is talking about what I'm talking about. I've done a lot of research to see if I have competition in this space. And there are a handful of coaches for introverts, but they're not coaching in sales, let alone real estate. They're more like life coaching. On a, on a percentage basis, out of 100 people, how many are usually introverts? About a third to a half of the population are introverts. And in real estate sales, same sort of figures? I, you know what? I actually don't know. I don't have the I would bet that. much less. Yeah. Because we're forced to talk to people, and often people we don't know. So it's interesting. I have come across quite a few people who discovered in my classes that they're an introvert. I give them a quiz in the class, and I always ask who's surprised by the results, and there are always a few who had no idea that they were an introvert. So I think there are more out there, and they're just not aware of it. Hmm. I think I probably am. Yeah. yeah but not all the time. I don't think anyone is going to be introverted or extroverted all the time. Some people are, you know, it's easier to talk to some people than it is to other people. I, I think a real estate agent has to often be the person with the answer without asking the question. You have to ask enough questions to know what the person needs the answer to. And, and introverts, quite often from my perspective, introverts can listen more than extroverts. Am I wrong there? Nope, you are absolutely spot on. So the listening, to, as you know, is, is the most important thing, I think. If you're not listening to your clients, sometimes you have to tell them stuff. Mostly you have to listen to them. Ask them good questions. Mm -hmm. And that makes introverts really set up to be very successful in real estate. So I want to empower and encourage introverts that, yes, you can do this at a very high level. It just might look a little bit different from your colleagues. Excellent. Um, what is the name of your program? Um, Move Over Extroverts. Move Over Extroverts. Here comes so, Ashley Harwood. <laughs> so, so, Ashley, um, do you recommend that these introverts learn to be extroverts? No, not at all. I recommend that they learn how to be the best introverts and to really embrace who they are and then build a business around that. Do you recommend that they go into neighborhoods and door knock? Only if they enjoy doing that. Hmm. What I about see. cold calls? Oh, same thing. Only they should be doing the things that they enjoy doing because those are going to be sustainable. 
If you hate making phone calls, don't do it. Like, do something else. So let's say somebody hates door knocking and phone calls. Mm -hmm. What do they do to to get business? They can do so many. There are hundreds of things. I have somebody. Give give us 50. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There are agents who I've met who are doing all kind of things. Like, there's somebody who gets most of her business from her CrossFit gym. Um, I know someone who goes to TJ Maxx in a very purposeful way and will talk to strangers on a regular basis, like three times. These are not times. introverted people. Um, Impossible. Some of them are, yeah. If you're more, they go into they go a into public t- space like a I mean, retail store and they that. start approaching strangers. They could feel really comfortable there, though. I think it's you know a, that right, could be that's their, their people. Safe space. Yeah. Okay. I love that. So if you don't want to be doing that, um, social media is great. Facebook ads. Uh, there's something my coach taught me, which is uh, 50-25-1 on Facebook. And that's a strategy to utilize Facebook in a purposeful way. So basically you do uh, take about an hour and do this a few times a week. 50 likes, 20 comments, 5 messages, and one really purposeful message to somebody like, congrats on the baby are you thinking about getting a bigger house? You know, something like that. Congrats on the graduation. Now the bleeding has stopped. Would you like to downsize? Right, exactly. Okay. So anything you, that you enjoy doing can be turned into lead gen for the most part. I mean, not sitting on your couch watching TV, but anything where you're interacting with people can be turned into lead gen if you do it in a, you know, the right way. I think there are so many different choices, and I, I think that choosing a coach is is as personal as it is choosing a good book to read to understand what's going on. Um, I would say the opposite of an introvert would be Jen Sincero's book, You're Already a Badass. Uh, she was an introvert, but she had to adopt that phrase in her mind so she could go out and do what she was supposed to do. Uh, she's a writer. She's not a real estate person. But okay. uh, I think for many women, uh, feeling empowered is is a very good thing, especially in today's... Uh, okay, so as, as long as you just brought it up and I didn't, is there a higher percentage of introverted women versus men or vice versa? Nope. Same across the board, at least according to what I've read. And... Do you want your program to appeal to everyone or specifically introverts? Um, I mean, I've been told that the information is helpful for everyone because it's just a, it's a different approach, different mindset. Um, so I think for my classes, definitely beneficial for everyone. For my one-on-one coaching, since that's a little more personal and intimate, I think that would be better suited for introverts. Okay. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being part of our show. You're welcome. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Um, So, Jim, we have a lot of news today. Um, And Ashley can stay if she wants and chime in. You're welcome. You know, we have a number of things. If you have expo, we're going for a little bit longer. Um, Investors. Let's talk about investors for a moment. Two things have changed over the last week. There's a steep decline in foreign buyers right now. Right. And um, there's a lot of uh, turbulence in this country, to say the least, Mm -hmm. and it's scaring out many of the investors. Oh, good news. 
so <laughs> so foreign investment is down uh, considerably, and that number is 36% over last year. Wow. That's a pretty significant number. Ouch. Yeah. Um, do, they, do they list the countries where? They, they do, and Canada uh, remains at the top. Uh, the Canadians, they love their Florida. Okay. And um, Chinese uh, nationals are often uh, here than the uh, Indians from India, Mexico. Well, well, how would the numbers change? Does it break it down per country? It, it absolutely does. And in each of the countries, as they go from the year 2010 up to 2019, um, in, uh, in China, for instance, where I have several clients, uh, in 2010, they bought 400 and 12, 200,000 million dollars worth of property. And this year, they're considerably higher, but it's down from the year before okay. because of the turbulence. And that seems to be across the board with every nationality. But what's really interesting about this is that investors, you would think that these would be um, uh, corporate investors. Purchasing, you know, like CoreLogic and and um, some of the other companies that are buying up big tracts of land. It is not uh, the mom and pop investor, the ones who own one to ten properties. They're the ones. They were forty eight percent of the market back in twenty thirteen. Today they're at sixty one percent of the market. And the actual institutional investors, the REITs and things like that, they've dropped to 15.8% of mm. the investor market. The investor market is still just 20% of the overall market. But, I, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And it's really absolutely no surprise that people outside this country are concerned about what's going on here. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting election year. It absolutely will. It absolutely will. So here's another interesting thing. Equifax, you know them, uh, the people that check on your... Like TransUnion. Uh, TransUnion. But yeah. Equifax is now using their data, and they're going to sell leads like everybody else is trying to sell leads because, like, Zillow and all of these other country, uh, companies okay. make, making a ton of money. So they have broken down the leads that they're going to be offering to people through... a uh, program called Accelerated Growth. I think we have Accelerated Growth in our office, don't we? Um, it, uh, I'm getting a nod. I'm not getting a yes. Um, don't know. I, I'm not nodding. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I do know, uh, and I've gotten some of those leads. Okay. But they have several different modules. So they have the, and it's broken down into three categories. The personal wealth module. So you can, you can also do this on Facebook. It's a targeted ad where, right. where you're looking for somebody who's making X amount of dollars because your property fits into that range of. Well, Equifax, uh, I, th- I think that's just uh, FICO scores. It's credit. Exactly. So I don't think they know what anyone's income is. I think that uh, they're saying that they do. They can probably figure it out. Though. Yeah, they, they're, they're offering it. The, sep- the second is because these people might be looking for their credit, Jim, because they're about to make the purchase. Mm-hmm. And that may be you know, uh, seen as they do it. Right. Maybe it's a, a lender you know, asking them, 
hitting them up and and they would see that second is property value module so they're looking to buy a uh, property at a million or 800 or 600,000 so that's the property va- value module and when you do business with Equifax with this program you get what email addresses phone numbers what do you get um, I think that they're sending you the actual contacts they're they're uh, uh, percolating them a little bit uh, it, for a buy-in it's it's not absolutely clear this article came from um, came from Inman uh, the article's title is credit score firm Equifax launches lead generation product okay well, so we'll, that's we'll in, check into it for the next show yeah find out what the, it costs and what you get and the third module is called the propensity score module or as we say in in real estate uh what's your core driving emotion are you going to do this now or are you going to do this in six months and um most of the programs that's what you're really looking for and some of the coaches, I'd be interested to uh, hear what Ashley says on this, if you should focus on those people ready to do something in six months. If they're a year, two years out, you put them on your back burner, you drip campaign to them, but you're not actively doing it. What's your idea on that, Ashley? I think it's important to have a, an idea of a pipeline I'll tell you what I did and still do is it's just an Excel spreadsheet. It's very simple. Um, and it tracks where the people are, where the money is, um, and how far out they are time-wise. So that way you can plan. Do you use a CRM or do you suggest a CRM? I know that's always a question people ask coaches. If you have one, if your company provides you one that you're already paying for, I say use it. If you don't, uh, I would start with a basic Excel spreadsheet and then graduate to a CRM once you have more money coming in. Do you have a, an accounting background or anything like that? Because Excel no. spreadsheets scare the hell out of me. <laughs> I'm just not good with them. I uh, do not. Um, for some reason, they just come naturally to me. If they don't, you you know, you can ask around and get. I'm sure someone in your office has a template. Oh, they're 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 all over all over the place. Yeah. Uh, CRMs. I I started out with Top Producer. I moved over to Vulcan Seven, mm-hmm. and I'm currently with Brevity. And brevity is that Ben Kinney program, yeah. you know. And I know that Keller Williams opened up its command program that's uh, it's going through its paces right now. But I do think you need some kind of a system to, to see what your business is doing. Absolutely, yes. Systems are key. Two final items here, here Jim. One of them just annoys the heck out of me. Oh, good. Uh, an agent and a buyer go to a property. They go into the property using a lockbox. The person next door happens to be a former police. Calls the police and says, two people went in this house. You should come arrest them. Okay. The police show up Yeah. and they arrest them. Ask no questions, okay. just arrest them. All right. Which city is this? It happens to be in, in Cincinnati. Okay. But it, these kinds of things, need I tell you that the uh, person called was white and the people who were arrested were black? Okay. Is that part of the story? That is the story. That is that the story. That is the story. So what's the headline? Uh, the headline is, Agent Buyer Sue Police Over False Arrest okay. During Showing. Okay. Nothing is worse than going to a showing and having, uh, as an agent, 
and having someone, and, some and neighbor. And being arrested? Yeah, being arrested, being challenged, being attacked. You know, it's, um, it's a business we have to be careful in. And um, I'm not to pick on Cincinnati, but let's stop calling on each other and find out what's going on rather than just making calls to police. Okay, and I'll, I'll 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 do that. Yeah, I'll yeah, start. I would never. I'll start I, today. Fair request. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and the the final one is is a little bit funnier. It's an opinion piece. The type of phrases that get used in real estate over and over again, like. Uh, Stop the car, honey. You know, remember that one? Because the, the listing was so wonderful. Um, no, no I, don't, I don't understand. There, there was a period of time, and it was a couple of years ago, that um, the rider on top of a, uh, a list, uh, on top of a sign, would have some kind of a phrase. Beautiful view, uh, something. This one was, stop the car, honey. Oh, I like that. I remember those. Yeah. They're so corny, but people use them. Exactly, exactly. I never yeah. saw that, but I do like it. Um, what else? It needs TLC. Well, yeah. The handyman special. There's almost nothing that tells you to come give me a lowball offer than something like that. Price reduced? Yeah, price reduced. Better than new. Well... Um, real estate is one of the only businesses in the world where you can legally lie. It's called puffery. So better than new doesn't exist. 110%, like many coaches say, doesn't exist. There's only 100%. That's the most. Good bones. I actually like good bones, though. I mean, it has good bones or it doesn't. Um I don't think the public really knows what that means. I think you have to be in the business for a while to understand yeah, that. Yeah, I would bet. Yeah. I would bet. That has to do with framing and floor plans and right. maybe architectural features. And right. And you have to assume when you're reading that that the agent actually knows what bones are. And what it really means is you got to gut this place. <laughs> I mean, that's what it does mean, right? Good bones, nothing else. It has good bones, but that's right. The skin, you got to get rid of that. <laughs> right. All the organs. And, yeah. Take it down to the studs. That's yeah, the right. heartbeat, take out all the... And by the way, get an architect so you can sort of help with the bones, too. Exactly, exactly. Too much to list. Now, there's someone who doesn't know how to write a, a description, so they'll just, you know, come see. You know, that's nothing. Priced to sell. You know, there's nothing more ridiculous than that right now because there's so much information. Consumers have the same information that real estate agents have. They might not understand it in the same way, but they have it. So they're going to know if you're a good price or not. And if it's a good price, they're going to come. Price to sell usually is followed by don't wait. Yeah. <laughs> and if I do, then what? <laughs> right, right. I, I, Will the price I, go down? <laughs> I like the really arrogant, kind of stupid agents that that put in there. All uh, offers do buy, and then they have some date. And you go back next week, and they haven't even taken it off, and the date's gone by. What are they <laughs> thinking? Um, do have a question. Uh, how many more of these do you have? Uh, two or three. Okay, I'll wait. Um, updated. Okay, so that's the single term that they would use. Um, anything that is somewhere else 
in anything that is somewhere else in the property listing. Okay, so this is just a, a procedural thing. Uh, in your description, you're talking about uh, the great neighborhood, um, or you're talking about the new roof. And then you, you also, in disclosures, you say there's a brand new roof. This person is upset by that. I think this person needs uh, uh, more to do. Okay. Rather than write this article. <laughs> and then <laughs> anything that's written in all caps. You know, that's there's agents who do their whole listing is all caps. They send you emails in all caps. Stop shouting at people. Okay. Do you have a favorite, Ashley? A favorite one that's annoying? <laughs> or a favorite one that you like? <laughs> I do like uh, updated. updated. I mean, obviously, you need to put more in your description than that. But like, what is updated? I like better than new. Also, I mean, there the, yeah. uh, there are homes that you get so much value from the fact that the people have been maintaining it and, and yeah and staying on top of technology or whatever. And you know, if if you're buying new construction. For example, and that's the only time you, you, you're really using that word, new, uh, you're not getting the landscaping, you know, the hardscaping, the fencing, the ir you know, all the things that over time people add to their properties. So uh, so we have Bonnie Carrot of Melrose, Massachusetts asking, I moved last year from my home of 20 years, and rather than selling it, I leased it. The tenant told me he planned to stay there for 10 years, but has left it with about $20,000 of damage and unpaid utility bills. How can I protect myself from people like this in the future? Ooh, ooh, I know the answer. Okay. Well, Hire an what... agent, <laughs> you idiot. Well, uh, well, come on. We don't know if she may have hired an agent. That, let, let's say an agent brought her the, uh, the tenant. I mean, there's yeah. no... There's no no, yeah, yeah no that's a, that's just that's a sad story. It, the The art of renting your properties to a good person is a matter of spending a little bit of time with them and then going at least what they call three deep on the referrals. So if someone gives you a referral and you two Refer referrals references reference yeah. So they give you two references. What you do is you call that first reference, and while you're talking to that person, of course that person's going to give you a good reference because their name's on there. Um, that um, you ask that person, well, do you know anybody else who knows this person who could, could verify? They're always going to give you their other friend. Call that person. Then you're, gets, you're getting someone that the, the tenant didn't expressly say call. Right. So you're getting a deeper insight. And if you ask softball questions, people will talk to you about their friend. One of the ones I use all the time is, why would your friend use you as a reference? Okay. And then they tell you a little bit about their relationship. We had one once where the tenant who had filled out the application used her um, company human resources as the reference <laughs> one of them and she was the um, sh she was the uh, receptionist answering the phone and directed it to herself with a different voice <laughs> <laughs> and the check bounced and the check bounced and yeah. the check bounced once she was in it <laughs> 
See, if you do your due diligence, you're going to find that stuff early on. And people who wreck properties are usually angry about something. But there's no there's no registry for these people. There's no Sadly no. There's no with with all the data that's out there, there's no bad tenant list. That's a great idea. Yeah, unfortunately, I think the legal issues there. Yeah. If you show up. Of course you have a divorce list and that's, you know, that that's out there. That's public record. I guess. Uh, uh, so th- there was one other question from Bonnie. She says, "My." Um, did we actually answer that question? I don't know. We talked around. Yeah, it. you kind of did. Uh, well, let's kind of answer this one too. Uh, <laughs> she says, uh, "Also, do you suggest I keep leasing or sell the property? My expenses are just barely covered, and property appreciation in the area runs on average at about six percent a year." and my HOA fees, homeowners association fees, appear to be going up based on the improvements they are doing on the roads. So she wants to know, is it a good idea to hold on to the property or sell it? Do you have an idea, Ashley? I think we need a lot more information from her on the numbers and the headache. It sounds like it's a headache. If I were her, I would probably sell it. Yeah, that's, that's, just cash that's out. where I'm leaning to. Especially after that nasty tenant, like just get out of there and, and, do and plus else. when you put all that money in to fix the damage it's kind of not going to be worth any more than that in the future that's the time that it's going to be worth the most yeah and it's going to take a while uh, to offset the the amount of money that you had to put back into it okay so let me take the contrary side i think i'm surprised she must not have paid down much on her mortgage for uh this rental to be just covering her mortgage because rentals right now in in the boston area are astronomical and continue to go up um perhaps next week well she's in melrose and they just put the the casino up there yeah, so those those prices, those rental prices should be skyrocketing up there. So I don't know what she's asking for rent, uh, but it should most definitely be covering more. Okay, Broker Talk is sponsored today by Castles Unlimited, where you get the best real estate offers. Online, go to castlesunlimited.com for all your real estate needs. <laughs> Had to slip that in. <laughs> That's good. Um, do you have anything else to add, Ashley? Thank you so much for staying with us the whole time. Oh yeah, this was great. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a real pleasure. Okay, I, I, we're going to wrap. Broker Talk is a weekly podcast hosted by real estate industry professionals and always dedicated to telling it like it is. Thanks for coming this week. We'll see you next week. We'll see you then, Jim.